Well, it is a pleasure to be here with you this morning. It is always humbling, and uh, thank you for the opportunity. As a member of Gideon's International, we thank you for the opportunity, and I would thank you as a, for the support that you show to Gideon's International and have shown, which is really quite extraordinary considering the size of the church, just how much you do. I've done a number of these presentations at this point, and uh, I would tell you not everyone is as giving as you. And so thank you very much, and thank you for all that you do, and continue to do, because this is not a one-time thing. You've been doing this for quite a while, and it is wonderful. I thank you very much. My presentation this morning is a bit compartmentalized, so I will begin with this Gideon presentation, and I will flow into a short sermon for you. And so if you will bear with me, uh, I think it will be worth your while. I enjoy this time of the year. I enjoy playing in the dirt. Uh, I'm not the only one, I think, at this congregation that enjoys doing that. And so uh, I think you will relate to the fact that uh, we see sometimes, or I see, handing out scriptures as planting seeds. What we do, sometimes, as the scripture tells us, falls on rocky ground. Sometimes it falls amongst the thorns. But if it falls amongst the fertile ground, then it does phenomenal things. And that's what you hope for, and that's what you've got to take heart in and what you do. And just realize that not every opportunity will be successful. That you plant the seeds, and you grow God's kingdom, and you do what is required for us. It is our requirement to grow God's kingdom. We are supposed to. We're supposed to be involved in that. We're supposed to be active in that. Uh, we're not supposed to just sit around and watch it. We're supposed to be involved. So Gideon's International, if you don't know, started uh, in 1889, started in Nashville. It is an organization of business and professional men, and we are in 200 countries and more uh, yet to come. Uh, every morning when I go through my prayer list for Gideon's, uh, there's always a country listed that we're not there. Some that you can expect, like uh, Uzbekistan. Some that you can't expect, like Liechtenstein. And so we hope to get into every country, and we hope to uh, continue to grow God's kingdom in that way. So 25% of all the scriptures ever distributed in history have come through Gideon's International. And so doing that in this short time is quite phenomenal, especially as it ties back into something that I'll be uh, bringing the sermon on in just a moment. But Gideon's International uh, is an association dedicated to the purpose of growing God's kingdom through scriptures. And we do it in all types of places. Uh, most of you are familiar with what you see sometimes at a hotel. And you look in there, and there, there it is. You pull the drawer out. If it's not there, we don't mind if you call the hotel or if you complain. Because <coughs> they should be allowing such as that. It should be there. Because the opportunity should be there for people. Because as in a moment, I will tell you, it does change lives. Because when people open it up, it begins to change things. We bring these to prison. We bring them to schools. Many of you have them in schools. I had gotten one in school years ago. And continue to be in prayer that we can do that. Because we're always, you know, at odds with society, it seems, and trying to bring this in. But we're so thankful that in our local school districts, they allow us to do that. I've got the new numbers this moment, morning, in fact. Uh, we, in the last year, provided 4,000 New Testaments to students uh, in our local schools. We, just this week, tomorrow, 50 are going to be placed in the Highland at the hospital. Um, there will be, there has been a, a hundred brought to the National Guard. We have a, different ones for different age, and there's this camouflage, as you can imagine. Um, we bring in 800 to local VBS this year, 
and 500 will go to youth camps this summer. So we're active locally, but we're active internationally as well. And in fact, we reach out to other parts of the world, we reach out to distribute the scriptures to where it is needed. We bring them to dentist office, we bring them to uh, veterinarians even, nowadays. Uh, we bring them uh, to uh, medical students. We brought uh, 55 medical testaments to uh, medical students at PRCC, nursing students. And so we work with all Christian evangelical churches. And we do this, again, to grow God's kingdom. We believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that His Word, as inspired through man, is infallible. And you can do this by donations, as most of you realize, and why I'm here this morning. But you can do this through prayer more effectively. Everything begins with prayer. Um, you've got to begin with prayer. When Esther was able to do what she did, uh, she began with prayer. You know, there was prayer and fasting. And so we need your prayers. We need your support in that way. We pray for y'all, and we ask that you pray for us. But not only just uh, for the people that are doing it, pray that it will continue to be allowed. I pray that it will be uh, a thing that will be a growing ministry. Because as are many of the challenges that we see in, in uh, modern times, uh, participation in activity is just not as, as where, what we would wish it to be. But that can change, and that will change. Because the scriptures will change people's lives. Uh, one of the funner opportunities that I've had when I've encountered people in recent years, and uh, I tell them I'm a Gideon, because many times I'll, they'll tell me about their uh, child that will be saved or their uh, ability to turn their life around as a result of it. But uh, one of the funner uh, people that I've met over the years that uh, has been changed because he opened that drawer and, and it uh, was at the right time when that scripture was able to fall on fertile ground was Bill Curry. Some of you might recognize the name. Bill Curry uh, played for the Packers uh, under um, the famous Lombardi. Uh, Bill Curry uh, coached. And Bill Curry, Curry went through a period where many coaches do where things weren't going his way and he'd been released. And he was going through a struggling time and uh, the uh, commentary uh, being sportscaster thing wasn't working out either. And um, he opened the door one night, and he told me it changed his life. He opened it up to Book of Romans, which we read from this morning, and it changed his life. And so it's that opportunity, because we look at the Bible, we look at the Scriptures as a missionary that's on duty all the time, 24-7. During six <coughs> days a year, never takes a day off, never takes a break. And it is estimated that each New Testament that we hand out impacts 13 people. The motel Bibles, they will impact 2,300 people in its life. Uh, many people open it up, see it there, and it's just a reminder. What should they do? How should they behave? Uh, some will open it up and read from it. Some will take it, and that's fine. We don't look at that as theft. We look at that as a, a way to distribute scriptures, and we will replace it. So it is, uh, it is something that in its six-year lifespan will impact the life of a variety of people in a lot of different ways. And so it's important that we look at the scriptures as, I believe, as a compass. I usually bring to these presentations my old New Testament that I got in fifth grade, 
it's got my name in it, so I don't hand that one out to anyone else because uh, there is a place in there, an opportunity to do that. And uh, quite frankly, I can't see the print as well as I like to anymore. But I use it as a compass. I like compasses, they don't lie. And the scriptures, you open it up, it'll dial in your direction. And that's how I look at that. And that's why I think it's important to keep it with you. And you may not rely on that compass all the time, but you know it's there. And, and it's, a, uh, it's an anchor. It keeps us from going too far. And so reading the scriptures is important. I encourage you to do that. It's, it's never going to change. God's word will never change. And underneath everything will be the words of God. We buy things, we spend money on things that wear out, right? We love our cars, they wear out. We love our clothes, buy nice clothes, and the moths get to them. Uh, something's going to happen to them. Uh, they don't fit anymore, whatever. But we've got to be careful to understand that God's Word will live on, and so the money that we spend there will not be a waste. And so, a Bible that we buy and put into the... Uh, into prisons as well as into um, hotels, etc. They're five dollars a piece. The New Testaments cost us a dollar third. It's important that you understand that every penny that comes into Gideon's International is spent on scriptures, and you know many of them we buy ourselves. But it's important that you understand that we don't waste it because we all know and we are all concerned about those charities that that do waste, right? They have a huge uh, operating cost and. We don't. It's all volunteer work, and we do this because we believe that this is something we are called to do. And it's a way that we are involved in growing God's kingdom. So 100% goes into Bible purchasing and placement. None is wasted. And so I would challenge you to think, in terms of Gideon International, as a way to extend the missionary and the ministry of the church. I would encourage anyone who's interested in becoming a part of us to do so. We know that you got the cards. Everyone can do that, which is a really nice card when you compare it to other places, other types of cards, Hallmark, etc. Uh, it's a nice card. You can do that. You can uh, give online. It's easy to do. But you can also get yourself involved in Gideon's International, either through Friends of the Gideons or through a becoming a Gideon yourself or becoming Gideon's Auxiliary. And in doing that, you will help grow God's kingdom. We need to be involved in that. We need to be active. Because the world population today is right around 7.4 billion people. And we estimate that around 5 billion don't know Jesus. So there is lots to do. Because I think sometimes we don't think that there is. But there's lots to do. So think of Gideon's International when you think of how you can grow God's kingdom. Think of getting involved. Encourage others to get involved. Because we need people involved. And pray for us. Continue to pray for us because we're doing our best for you. So now I will shift gears and I will go into this short sermon here because I think it does tie in very specifically. So if you'll join me in the scriptures, and the scripture I've chosen is Mark 10, 35 through 45. James and John, the son of Zebedee, came forward to him and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do whatever we ask for you. And he said to them, What is it that you want me to do for you? 
And they said to him, Grant us to sit one at the right hand and one at your left hand in glory. But Jesus said unto them, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or baptize with the baptism that I am baptized with? They replied, We are able. And Jesus said to them, The cup that I drink, you will drink with baptized, baptism which I am baptized and will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or my left hand is not mine to grant. But this is for those for whom to be prepared. And when the ten heard this, they began to be angry with Jesus and John, James and John. So Jesus called them and said to them, You know that among the Gentiles, those whom they recognize as their rulers, lord over them, and their grant ones are tyrants over them. But it is not so among you, but whoever wishes to become great among you, you must be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you must be slave of all. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to be served, to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. As I try to be um, modern, which doesn't always work out, I continued to uh, expose myself to different things, and uh, all of us have discovered YouTube. And one of the guys that I watch on YouTube, he often says, uh, all great stories start with pirates. Well, I, I tend to think that they start with, with knights. I, I think that they're interesting guys. And I think that it's interesting when you can see how they can interact and they can do good. Because we tend to think of them as men, as men of war, etc. And the story of Martin Luther in 1521, after the deed of worms, is that he was on his way back. He'd been excommunicated. And he had gotten in trouble, most of you realize the story, for uh, accusing the church of corruption, which it was. And he was trying to, uh, to just try to make, make his break and get out of there. And as it turned out, uh, people were after him, as you can imagine. People do that. Uh, people that they call heretic, maybe just they're rebels, but they do that. And one of the neat stories in history is how when he was on his way back home, a nameless knight, and this is the age when the knights have just about disappeared. This nameless knight disappeared with he and a squire. And he, he apprehended him and took him to uh, the castle of Frederick the Wise, and I'll claim him as kinfolk. And he would hide him for a number of, of years until things had settled down. And so, you know, this was real. This threat was real because people like Jan Hus had been diverted uh, at the stake for what he had done in terms of trying to grow God's kingdom through Reformation. But for Martin Luther, it worked out that this squire, this knight, appeared on this path uh, in the forest and they, they made him safe. And it begs the question, what can we do? I have to come up with a title for these things when, when I'm asking something I guess that they can put in the bulletin. But uh, 
the title that I came up with is what is your role in God's kingdom? Because this knight realized his role and his moment and his place in history. And uh, Frederick the Wise realized his moment. Certainly Martin Luther had realized his moment. But in doing this and using our talents and our skills, then through the realization of the fact that we can use those talents and skills, we can do great things through God. And so phenomenal stories like this are, are bounded in Christianity. Yeah. It's not a, a coincidence, I think, that this morning we sang Amazing Grace. One of the great uh, inspirations uh, that I have found over the years is William Wilberforce. And Wilberforce, he chose to, in God's name, end the slave trade. Did it on his own. Nobody else. Nobody else was in favor of this. But he took it on, he was all alone, and made it happen. So, what we do, how we interlink with God, how we make a, ch a difference and change in this world in terms of ways that are unique, in terms of ways that are revolutionary, God's, God's hand is in, God's hand is involved. And sometimes it's not tremendous contributions. Sometimes it's, it's simple things, or at least we think it's simple things, but to the person that it impacted, to the people that it impacted. Whether or not you get your name in the history books or not, doesn't really matter. What matters is what you're doing in terms of a sincere contribution to help grow God's kingdom. I like reading about people like this, and I like uh, understanding this, because sometimes the greatest of these men and women just have been people that have realized that role and took it on and made something happen because of it. Whether it be through tremendous leadership, or a tremendous visionary, whether it be through someone who does uh, something that is just as simple as helping the neighbors because the mailbox got out. Not everything is tremendous excitement. That everyone will have your name written in the history book. God keeps up with everything and helps us to understand our purpose. I like old country music, as you can imagine. Ernest Tubb is, a, is one who's, we don't listen to a lot of his music anymore, but one thing that he used to say is, if you want to be a better neighbor, then be a better neighbor. And we need to understand that we're all in this together. Not everything's a game changer. Not everything we do is a game changer, but in terms of Christian history, we can find our niche. We can find our place. You know, sometimes it might be as simple as occupying a seat on Sundays, because that's important too. But for other people, it might be a greater role. And we need to realize that. But, in regards to sitting on the pew, be careful. Don't be too complacent. We must be proactive. We must be involved. We must be reaching out. We must be doing we're not just to sit on our hands. God gave us free will. And if he gave us free will, then we can use that free will to act. And we can change. And we can improve. And he will give us the skills, as you well know. And see, we saw many times with people like Moses. As we saw, we see many cases. Because all of these people that we look at in the Bible, uh, they are flawed heroes. And that's fine. Now, we're not to be deter deterred. Sometimes, 
in an age where everyone calls people judgmental, because calling someone judgmental is judgmental, that we go too far with that, and we don't understand, and we can't respect the fact that people have made mistakes. And even though they're doing good things sometimes, they continue to make mistakes, but we don't want to judge them. We shouldn't judge them, because if we do, then that handicaps us of two things, the ability to forgive and the ability to act. And we need to be acting. We need to be doing good things. Everyone has a role. Everyone has something that they can do. If we're hesitant because we're afraid of what people think or the mistakes that we make, then we will fail. It doesn't mean that there's not stress. It doesn't mean that there's not persecution. If you're not prepared to be persecuted and be a Christian, you're not really being a Christian. You know, ever since they killed the man that started this all, then we've been persecuted. But there is victory in death. And as and we have overcome death through Christ. So what part do we do? And how do we interact? How do we change? How do we become involved? I think that the answer to that is by just being prepared to say yes. Yes to helping the neighbor. Yes to becoming involved in something like Gideon's International. Yes to maybe putting your name on the ballot and stepping in and providing leadership when we need it. Life gets so much easier when you say yes. When you read the scriptures and you say, okay, yeah, yes, this is the word of God. I understand it. It makes sense. I accept it. Yes, God is in control. And I can't do anything about that. And yes, when we respond to the call, to whatever God has called you to do, don't be hesitant. Don't be afraid. The scriptures tell us to be servants to others. And without that, we've, we're failed. In the scriptures, one of these other neat people that are we don't know a lot about, that I like to think of as uh, a person who saw his purpose at the moment, stepped in and did it, was Simon the Serene. And Simon is the guy who picked up the cross when Jesus was carrying it on his way to Golgotha. And into that role he stepped and allowed Jesus to achieve his ultimate purpose. And so, what role do we serve? Are we willing to pick up the cross? Are we willing to change things? Reagan said back in the 80s, he used to say, there's really no telling how far a boy can go if he doesn't mind who's willing, who's to get the credit. And I think if we don't mind being selfish and helping others, there's really no telling how far we can go and what we can do for God. So make every decision for the purpose of serving others. If you'll do that, life is much more meaningful and life is much more purposeful, and you'll be much happier. Amen. Amen.